Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Good afternoon slash morning slash whenever the hell it is that you're actually listening to this wonderful episode of the Jaybird watching. I guess we're going to call this one Quick Hits, Brendan. How's it going, my friend? I'm good, buddy. Sun is shining. Beautiful weather outside, and the Blue Jays are playing some damn good baseball despite some bad news over the weekend. Yeah, and um, the bad news is unfortunately why we're having this random episode in the middle of the, you know, the beginning of the week instead of our wonderful middle of the week shot that we normally do, and... I guess we'll dive into the series a little bit here first before we start talking all bad. We'll talk good first, just to ease you all into it. <laughs> so the Blue Jays were able to sweep the the Oakland A's and actually were able to pull off a series win in the after effects of the Minnesota Twins series from our last show. It was um, very fun to watch, Brennan. I mean, don't you think that if the offense was able to hit like they did the last week in a bit that this record could be a whole lot better considering the quality of starting pitching they've gotten. It's been fantastic. Yeah, we're hitting the Bay Rays if we actually had offense to start this season off. Oh, 100%. And they were all pitching really well in Minnesota, and it continued over the weekend uh, in Oakland. But add some offense to that, like the explosion on Saturday and yesterday clinging on, but Strowman going into the ninth inning on Friday. It was uh, nothing but good, this road trip. Six and one on a road trip, that's fantastic. For a team that looked like you couldn't do anything offensively, that was, I, I didn't even think that was possible. I would have been fine with three and three or, or three and four on that road trip. But uh, hey, man, they're only a game under 500 and they got the Giants coming to town for the return of Ken Pilar. Yeah, Kevin Pillar coming back to town, and unfortunately we did get the bad news earlier today that Vladdy Jr. is not going to be part of that same uh, homecoming for Kevin Pillar there in Toronto, but it's going to be coming soon, and we all know it. It's just kind of almost getting to the point where it's insulting that it hasn't happened yet, or maybe that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it sure, it sure seems that way. And silly Ben Nightingale, who's gotten so many things wrong in the past, yet still somehow has a job as an insider. <laughs> Got that bomb on everybody. Gets everybody absolutely stoked. And then about an hour later, he's like, oh, never mind. Sorry, I'm taking that back. But it's like, yeah, buddy, you already did your damage and got the fan base 
yeah, I feel incredibly like, Yeah, I feel like he was pulling like a Wayne's World on everybody in that midst of that. It's like, oh, Blade, he's coming, Blade, he's coming. Not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it felt like, and it sucks because I was ready to drop the Leafs game seven tomorrow night and go to the game because that's by far and away what I wanted to do. Wouldn't even care about the Leafs game seven, but at least it kind of works out to be so, able to watch that game tomorrow. I was honestly thinking about making the road trip and somehow finagling my way out of work on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> or on wednesday morning so but it was gonna be how it is but we'll have to wait a little bit longer and unfortunately as far as waiting goes brennan the bad news uh after all this wonderful good stuff that happened with smoke and everything being on fire this weekend there is a plethora of blue jays injured and we have some wounded birds at the moment yeah you know what man i, I my heart is just hurting so much for Matt Shoemaker, he's been through so much in his career. Brain surgeries, two arm surgeries, and now he tears his ACL. I was hoping when I saw that they were saying knee sprain, I was like, maybe he avoided it. But, man, I've had two major ACL injuries for two of my sports teams, Shoemaker and Jimmy Garoppolo on the 49ers. So it's been the year of Brendan getting absolutely gutted by ACL injuries, which absolutely sucks. <laughs> Yeah, and this wasn't like a tripping over a sprinkler incident or anything. This was in the midst of a heated battle and a rundown. He saw the Oakland A's runner running, 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 and he just decided to go after him. And in the midst of that, somehow their legs might have gotten tangled up a little bit, and you just see him go down like a ton of bricks. And he was clearly uncomfortable, but I don't think yeah. he even thought it was going in this direction. No, definitely not. I think he thought after the original diagnosis of a knee sprain that he avoided serious injury, but... Yeah, the MRI came back, and it was absolutely the worst news possible. And you see the outpour of support for him on Twitter. It's great to see. He was starting to become a fan favorite and easily one of my favorites to start. So it sucks that we are ripped apart of Matt Shoemaker, considering the amazing start he got off to as well. Yeah. As far as wins and most pitching categories are concerned, Brennan, Matt Shoemaker was only being beat really by one pitcher in the American League, and that was Tyler Glasgow of the Rays, who are obviously a first-place team. So this is an incredible blow to a starting rotation that is was making an argument for being one of the best in baseball. And Matt Schumacher was probably the tip of that iceberg. Oh, definitely. And you know what? We said this with, uh, with Adam Corsair on one of our roundtables in March during spring training. Would anybody be surprised if Schumacher's healthy all year that he's a maybe their second best or even their best starter? And it was starting to look like that, too, like that was coming true. But uh yeah, no more. And luckily, they do have him under team control for next year, get him all rehabbed and back in the rotation next year. But uh, it sucks. I was at that game that he started against the Tigers where he just absolutely dominated that lineup, and he was really fun to watch each time out to start this year. That splitter was exactly as advertised. Yeah, I guess in the silver lining of injuries go, at least this wasn't another arm injury for him or some kind of an upper body injury. He'll be able to get his legs back underneath him with some good rehab and everything, and he'll come back strong, just like Stroman did. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Stroman was able to. That was a miraculous comeback by Stroman. That was first first and foremost. That's freaking nature-level stuff, but... (laughs) It it is, man. And the fact that he was able to be as good as Stroman was when he came back in September and for the playoffs in 2015 was just an amazing story. But, yeah, I the Shoemaker, if he's back next year, which I'm assuming they'll keep him around, there's no reason to not, then uh, I, I, I would hope that he would be ready to go by spring training. That's the one kind of saving grace, that he could be ready for spring training next year to be full go for next year's rotation. But, yeah, man, it sucks. That guy's been through so much, and he just he can't seem to catch a break. 
Yeah, and I hope he does catch the break that the fact is that he is a Toronto Blue Jay next year, and he is going to be able to run right into next season. Because in all reality, I was reading that the typical rehab time is like eight to not eight to ten months for somebody yep. an ACL injury. So that puts him right in that happy zone where he could, you know, if as long as the rehab and everything goes swimmingly, he is in that ballpark of being ready for you know spring. You know, it's going to be a late spring, but yeah, I mean, it's ready for spring he, training. Good. Yeah, even if he comes through mid-spring training, he could be back in the rotation, kind of like Buckles was in the middle of April. So let's hope for the best. And I'm assuming he will get that ACL surgery done maybe as soon as this week or next week, and then he can begin his long rehab process. It yeah. sucks. ACLs used to be like 12, if not more months, and it may be a little bit more for a pitcher compared to like a football player because you're on your legs. You need to drive off of that for uh, to get all your torque behind uh, behind the pitches, but. Uh, yeah, I hope he's ready to go by uh, the beginning of the season next year because, man, he was so fun to watch. Yeah, and pencil him right in for that rotation next year because it, it, there's nothing, in my opinion right now, that's keeping him from doing what, exactly what he was doing because I know the work ethic. You've seen the work ethic from this guy over the years. Otherwise, he wouldn't be playing Major League Baseball at all anymore. You're talking about a guy that's been repeatedly pummeled, man. And like you said, it is hard to watch because we were all loving the fact of getting Matt Shoemaker in the first place. So it's going to happen, and I think he's going to be back, and I think we're going to all be all that much more happy for him when he does come full circle and ends up just raking for the Toronto Blue Jays' 2020 rotation when we're going to need him. Yeah, and I mean, we I said this with Adam Parcero on South of the Six. If, if you keep Stroman and Sanchez and you bring that true maker healthy next year, then you got two th- or three-fifths of a rotation ready to go with Barucki and a few others, and with an improved offense for next year, which has started to improve already uh, over this last seven days or seven games. But, uh, yeah, they could be as good as, uh, as next season. Yeah. And that on that note with the offense, man, how much of this was how what you and I had been talking about with the offense? They're going to find a way to claw their way into runs. It seems like they've been finding massive ways to do that. Yes, they've been getting Justin Smoke teeing them up and going nuts and Roddy Telez peppering in a few here and there and so on and so forth. But most of this is the little, like, the little things. Billy McKinney hitting a single, somehow Alan Hansen even contributing to getting the the you know the lineup going the other day with the opening up the uh, scoring. Little things like that are coming in in big fashion. Yeah, they sure are. And those guys who we were talking even a week ago that needed to start heating up, like you said, Billy McKinney and others. And they're finally hitting all those younger guys. And even Danny Jansen has been off to a slow start, but he was showing some signs over the weekend, going the other way, getting some hard contact, which is obviously key. So, yeah, they continue that, just keep on hitting. And uh, if the rotation, the rest of the rotation hopefully can stay healthy, um, then they could continue to have streaks like this where they win seven out of ten ball games, which is what they've done the last ten games. Yeah, that double that Jansen hit yesterday was pretty stinging, man. I was very impressed, and I'm like, okay, here it comes. We've been waiting. <laughs> this is going to happen now. So it's very encouraging to see him doing what what made him a solid minor league hitter and what was what the, we saw in the little bit of the, frying, the flash in the pan last year with his little cup of tea in the majors. So it's good to see them all getting back into it. As you had mentioned, the starting rotation, though, we might have gotten another at least little bump in the road here for somebody that has had some – continuing hand issues <laughs> Aaron Sanchez has another split finger or a split fingernail and apparently it occurred during the cold weather in the Minnesota series yeah that's when he said he first noticed it and then it 
uh, I guess, split again or whatever the terminology for it is or whatever the heck happened uh, when he was out there against Oakland. But when, man, when he got removed and people were putting two and two together with seeing him look down at his finger, I think everybody saw blister, which is a natural thing to think with him. But luckily, he even said he thinks he might not be able to miss a start. And Montoya said the exact same thing. At most, probably just one start. And it's not a blister, so it shouldn't linger, hopefully. I'm getting the Gorilla Glue out, man, if I'm him. <laughs> I'm just going to pour yeah, it all it's, over it's, my finger. <laughs> let's do something. Keep that finger intact. Something. Put it in a freaking, you know, vice. <laughs> you know, like a cage. <laughs> so that when he's even walking around going from dinner to dinner or whatever, <laughs> nobody can get to it. It's like he's a he's hand model figure. or something. Yeah, absolutely. He's got to figure something out to keep that finger intact. And I mean, man, it sucks because you've seen Sanchez getting that velocity back up to what made him successful in 2016. He was looking like he was finally putting it all back together for a, a big season. So hopefully it's just a little bump in the road and they don't have to add or sign somebody. But uh, yeah, man, the rotation could be in a little bit of a disarray for the next uh, few turns through. So with Strowman Sanchez and Shoemaker doing what they did to start the Blue Jays season off and what has transversed over the last, you know, seven games more or less is what really has changed this around. The AL East in general, my friend, is a hodgepodge of, oh my God, what the heck is going on unless you are the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Blue Jays aren't the only team to go through injury uh, issues right now. The Yankees are absolutely riddled with them right now, but, uh, I mean, they're right, in, they're right in the thick of things, man. It's crazy when you think about it. And I just saw when I opened up my Twitter feed that Nathan Ovaldi is going through surgery and it's a threat to be out four to six weeks. So another blow to the Boston Red Sox rotation. And with all their injuries as well, it's going to be hard to keep things together every so often. So you never know what could happen over the next few months. And it's hard to come by, uh, hard to overcome slow starts unless you're doing what the Jays did the last 10 days and winning seven out of 10. Yeah, and then um, we'll touch on Freddie Galvis real quick, and then I want to dive more into that whole where we stand thing and why we have to hurry up and figure out some things. Freddie Galvis uh, made a nice sliding stop at the end of yesterday's game, and in the midst of that, it looked like he might have gotten a stinger or something in his back of his right knee, or was it his left knee? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember which knee it was, but one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it might have been his left, but so he comes up and he clearly wasn't having a problem moving around Brennan, but he was definitely not super comfortable after that slide. No. And it's a good thing that he removed himself from the game because I don't think he would have been able to catch that ball that Richard Urena got to. And that would have tied the game. if not given, uh, given the athletics, the win a batter or two later. But uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be anything too major because he looked pretty comfortable walking off under his own power. It's not like he had to be helped off or anything. He just kind of took himself out, but, didn't really appear to be limping. Just... No, no, just maybe, hopefully just a minor tweak. It, it didn't look that serious. There hasn't been anything else really said on that, unlike the Sanchez and Shoemaker news. Um, so my, in my assumption, is no news is good news in this point, because by this point, at 6 o'clock <laughs> on Monday evening <laughs> when we're recording this show, uh, you would have think he would have went through his MRIs and everything today, even regardless of the you know quasi travel day that they have going on. So yeah, no, absolutely. My guess is that he might get a day off or something. Let me rain you, uh, 
play at shortstop tomorrow. And then, um, yeah, maybe third, maybe Wednesday he's back in the lineup or maybe even give him the two games off because it is this weird weekday series of two games in the midst of it. So yeah. I mean, use him as a pinch got, hitter or something for the next it, couple of days. Wouldn't be surprised. And that's how he kept his uh, Ironman streak intact a few weeks ago uh, when he pinched it late in the game. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes these two games off if it's still bothering him today and maybe when he wakes up tomorrow morning. Might as well. I mean, your ring isn't good enough at shortstop and second base whenever he's been in there and played pretty, he's picked it pretty well at short as well. So run your rain out there at the bottom of the lineup and uh, get him back get Galvis back in there for Friday when Oakland comes back into town and we play them again. Yeah, and he's looking like a major league hitter too. That's the thing I love about I was honestly shocked and dumbfounded when they sent Richard Urania down. And, of course, they kept the two people that we have been kicking repetitively on this show. <laughs> Alan Hansen is be... at least hitting his weight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least Alan Hansen's contributed a little bit, but, man, Socrates Burrito, he needs to go. <laughs> Cough. Oh, sorry. Hurry up. <laughs> um, but anyways, so all these injuries and these little things going on have some urgency, Brendan. We were alluding to the fact that the Blue Jays are, right now, as of this current moment, three and a half games out behind the Tampa Bay Rays. That is with the Yankees having the same win total as us, two less losses because of some rainouts and whatnot, and then the Boston Red Sox at 9-13, and 13, only one win again ahead of the Baltimore Orioles there, rounding out the fifth spot in the American League East. The things that's really sticking out to me, my friend, the Blue Jays are actually right in the thick of this with runs scored and runs allowed, and they are actually at a plus-seven differential versus the Red Sox and the Baltimore Orioles at negative 38 and negative 46. Yeah, you're not going to win. The Red Sox offense is good, but it's not good enough to overcome that shitty starting pitching. So, yeah, I mean, at least the Blue Jays have shown lately the ability to have as good starting pitching and bullpen pitching than as the offense, too, which has led to that plus run differential of seven. But. When you're that bad, that's uh, not a recipe for uh, long-term success if you're the Red Sox or the Orioles. I mean, at least the Orioles, everybody knew that, but I don't think anybody could have expected the Red Sox to be that bad. I would have never lumped the Red Sox in the same offensive-defensive category as the Baltimore Orioles. And that's and looking at those numbers, there's nothing saying that they're not. It's no, just how it is. absolutely. And right now, as far as run differential goes in the American League... Um, shockingly enough, they are actually only, yeah, only ahead of the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what we're, so what I think we're, what we're trying to get at is, as things currently sit, the Red Sox are the Baltimore Orioles. I'm gonna allow it. Ask <laughs> <laughs> for now. It's still weird. Yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not done the first full month of the season quite yet, but it's coming to a close. Yeah. But hey, man. We were saying before we started recording, if you dig yourself a big hole, it's pretty hard to come out of that. And the Red Sox have done that to start the season. I don't. I will never, ever in a million years count the Boston Red Sox out of anything. But the odds are unfortunately stacking in against them for, you know, them. Fortunate, super fortunate yeah. for us because yeah. in all reality, that puts us right in striking distance. Because if we can even hold this where we're at right now, just even keel. If the Yankees yeah. keep having the injury troubles that they're having. They're, they're relying on the fact that Troy Tulowinski actually might be back soon just to stabilize one position. <laughs> I think we know that story and how it goes. It's not going to happen, yep. and your season's going to be that. just torched. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, without a doubt. And you know what? Judge injured himself on the weekend with an oblique, and uh, Aaron Boone was saying that that's a significant oblique injury, so I wouldn't be surprised if Judge is out for a month or two with that oblique injury. Those are very difficult and tricky injuries to rehab from because you can't really do anything. You just kind of got to rest and, and leave it alone. So, man, they're hurting. And, uh, and they're hoping like, they're Clint rookie. Frazier really steps up to be Aaron Judge, which... Don't get me wrong, yeah. I really like Clint, Clint Frazier, but I don't think he's ever going to be Aaron Judge. <laughs> no, definitely not. So, I don't know. As of right now, the Yankees seem like they, for the next little while until they get guys back, just got to hope that their rotation keeps on pitching decently like they have to stay around 500 and stay in a race. Yeah, and they're hoping that Jay Happ comes back to form, which, unfortunately, they I'm not seeing many signs of, man. We might have gotten out of Jay Happ oh. that we needed to get out of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with Jay Happ, but, and he's been serving up a ton of home runs to start this year, which he hadn't done the last three years since he was a Blue Jay and a Pittsburgh Pirate. So maybe they did get out of that at the right time. Or maybe we can buy it low and get him back. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we need we need a starter. We need something to patch this rotation that's currently in shambles. So let's talk about that note, my friend. So the Blue Jays do have this chance. How do they keep in the contention of this after losing one of their best, if not the best, starter in their rotation, having another one kind of dancing on the line, unfortunately again, or at least way too familiar of a story. And now we might even have a shortstop that is still currently even questionable to return to the field. I, like we said, we don't think it's going to be anything too long or prolonged, but how do we get this team to be, I think, honestly, if we get in that ballpark where we're you know, a few games over 500, we have a chance to be in the wild card race in the American League East, or in the American League. Oh, definitely. And that removes the Boston Red Sox, them getting off to a terrible start, too. I mean, we're not counting them out by any means, but that opens up a wild card spot potentially. So yeah, I mean, to continue doing what they're doing, it's going to be tough down shoemaker for sure. Cause they're going to have to replace his production somehow. And hopefully this isn't the story. It's been the last two years for Sanchez where it's he comes back for a start, re-aggravates his finger issues and then is out for like a month and comes back and it's just a whole bunch of nonsense in regards to him and, and, and his finger. But yeah, I mean, they're going to have to replace his production some, or Shoemaker's production somehow to be able to continue what they've started in this rotation. And if you don't get good starting pitching, it doesn't matter what your offense does, and that's evident with the Boston Red Sox right now. Yeah, so sure things in our rotation right now. Stroman, he's been light, lights yep. out. Trent Thornton, 50-50, right, at this yeah. point? I honestly yeah, think I... he's going to be better than that 50-50 going forward. Now, some of the weather is finally starting to come better, but... Go ahead. I agree. He needs the good weather to uh, to spin that breaking ball uh, as much as he did against the Tigers uh, in his start. So, yeah, I mean, right now it's 50-50. He's young. He's still learning the major leagues. It's his first time seeing all these lineups and hitters. So he could have a start like he did against the Tigers or he could have a start like he did against the Indians not too long ago. Uh, so, yeah, 50-50 with him. And then Buckles has been pretty good to, in his first two starts, uh, which has been nice to see, or, or his first start, uh, whichever it was. But, yeah, I've been yeah, very encouraged Buckles. from Buckles. I honestly Me think too. he shores up the back end of this rotation very, very efficiently. And I think that's going to be one of the keys, especially after losing this whole um, Matt Shoemaker deal, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, if Buckles can come close to replacing what Shoemaker did, then that kind of equals itself out in a way because then you can count on three guys at the top and then you got Thornton and then that open spot currently that would be vacated by Shoemaker if Sanchez is good to go 
um, will need to step up. But yeah, man, I don't, I, as of now, I'm not sure how they're going to fill those two rotation spots if Sanchez is going to be out for a bit. I mean, would it shock you if they go with the opener for a little while to buy some time? It wouldn't shock me. And honestly, right now, I think that might be the more accurate place to put your uh, put your dollars just because of how good Tom Pannone and Sam Gavilio have been. So we hope that you can get somebody that can get you a couple innings, maybe three, and then you divide the rest of the ball game up, right? Yeah, and I don't want to touch Thomas Pannone or Sam Gavilio because they've been fantastic out of the bullpen to this point. But out of necessity, you might have to. I mean, how many innings in relief did Gavilio go on Saturday? Was it five? I think it was a full five. It was so a full showed, five. Yeah, so I mean, he could be inserted in the rotation, and maybe you get him through the first time through the order, and then you have somebody waiting in case he starts to slip up the second time through. That would be the way I would do it, because, man, Gavilio's been pretty unhittable uh, the first time through a batting order. Um, so, but yeah, I think we're both on the same page there. I, w- I don't really don't want to touch Thomas Pannone or Sam Gavilio in their current roles in the pen, because they've been absolutely fantastic and massive surprises. Those two have been perfect. And that's why I don't want to do the Joe Biagini experiment with either of them. And I love that how the first thing all over Twitter was everybody poking the fucking bear with me, man, (laughs) about bringing (laughs) Joe Biagini back into the rotation. Speaking of places that somebody is definitely needing to stay, Joe Biagini has been a very, very bright, shiny spot in the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen, especially in this. We don't have Ryan Tapera and everybody else completely clicking at the end of the at the end of the bullpen at this point. Yeah, man, I'll be honest with you. I'm still kind of worried about uh, Ryan Tapera and his first two outings. He hasn't looked overly good. Maybe he just got to build that arm strength up a little bit more. But he would be a prime candidate to be the opener. But they had Scott MacArthur on Baseball Central today, and he brought up right away when they talked about Tapera that he is really worried about Ryan Tapera. So it's kind of wait and see mode with him right now. But touching on Joe Biagini. That uh, was kind of brought back up by Rob Fay, who works for the Vancouver Canadians. And he said, if Shoemaker and Baraki are among those walking wounded and the Blue Jays' options are thin, how long before you consider stretching up Biagini? And everybody <laughs> said, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't just the Jameson give me a burp. That was... <laughs> yeah, no, that was, a, that was a hard no. That was a hard no. Let me put it this way. If it came to... This should put it in perspective. If I have to move Panone, Gabilio, or Tapera, or, you know, anybody into that opening spot, I'd rather watch Elvis Luciano just try to eat up two innings but start a game. Yeah, I mean, he could be an opener. I mean, it might, it's definitely going to be risky, but uh, at least he can show you what he can do in a little bit larger of a sample size. Wild card. <laughs> yeah, you never know, man. <laughs> Crazier things have happened, and if I'm only hoping to get an inning or two out of him, just like I would hoping for a prayer at the end of a game, I would rather roll the dice with him and see what happens and keep everybody else right where they roll. And then at least at that point, if it doesn't work, then you go back to the damn drawing board. You know? <laughs> You're know, you only out one yeah. game, and you didn't screw up the rest of your bullpen. You know, Everybody will be back on their normal after that one game. So... Anyway, other ideas, Brendan. We could be diving into free agency. You and I have talked about this before. At this point in the season, how much sense does it make to go after a free agent pitcher and hope that you can get him ready to fill this spot? 
none because they would need to take the same amount of time that it would be till probably when Ryan Baraki gets back at the end of May, assuming Baraki is good to go when he's first able to be reinstated from the uh, from the injured list. So at this point, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how much Dallas Keuchel's been throwing, but if they haven't done it already, I don't think they will. The only guy on the free agent market now that makes sense is Gio Gonzalez, who was just released by the Yankees because they didn't add him to their 40-man, in, in the, or sorry, their 25-man. At least he's been throwing in the minor league, so he could be added and thrown right into the rotation if they absolutely need it for Sanchez on Sunday or Saturday, potentially, uh, to replace Shoemaker's spot. So if they do go down free agency, the only one that makes sense in my mind is Gio Gonzalez. And you look at the rest of the list of free agent starters, none of them make any sense or inspire any sort of confidence. Yeah, they're complete. They're more of a wild card than even putting Luciano in the front. <laughs> in the front there. Um, Bartolo Colon is always the ageless wonder, 46 years old, has found a way to eat innings every year after year after year. Miguel Gonzalez is another option. Chris Tillman, Giovanni Gallardo, Edwin Jackson. So it's not anything, like you said, that instills giant, enormous success. Or there's the guy that like that might be not the worst person to hedge your bets with would be with Baraki maybe in some way like James Shields. But like you said, they're in minimum a month away just to build up their innings. So what are you doing? Unless you're like counting on the fact that Baraki is hurt, that's kind of yeah. almost the only thing that you would gain anything out of. That. At least you have another card in your hand to be able to play in case Baraki is not going to be ready to come back. Yeah, oh, I agree. I'm kind of scared of Ryan Barucki, honestly, that he may need surgery. I think that's cropped up a few times into the minds of Blue Jays' Twitter. Uh, when he threw, the last time he threw, before they decided to put him on the 60-day and transfer him over there, that maybe he does need surgery. It didn't sound good the last time he threw. He was still in pain that he was experiencing at the end of spring training. So unless they make a call on him and, and things don't improve, then that's the only way a guy like a Keuchel or Phil Hughes or Edwin Jackson make any sort of sense. Yeah, unless they figure out a trade really, 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 really stupid quickly, I don't see how you're going to bring in somebody even efficiently above replacement to be able to throw into this rotation. You're, like you said, banking on the idea that Clayton Richard will come back or Baraki or somebody I think at this is a better play than trying to just invest in a bunch of stuff outside of this. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Things on the Clayton Richard front have been kind of quiet. I, I put that out there earlier today, but apparently I missed that he was progressing and started throwing again. Um, he's on schedule and, and throwing in Dunedin, so maybe we find out this weekend when they bring up the rotation that Richard is a little bit closer than we all think, and I'd be fine with that. I mean, he'd be ready to go back in there. And I'm, I was kind of upset that he got injured because I wanted to see what he could do when he had his chance uh, in the rotation. So uh, maybe he's a lot quicker or further around than we all think, and he would be inserted maybe in two weeks, in which case they would have to fill a spot for two turns to the rotation at max. Like I said, a whole, at least with Clayton Richard, you might be getting something you know. He has been pitching against major league pit hitters. You know, you're not getting some random arm to come up and hope you catch lightning in a bottle. At least Clayton Richard, you're coming up and you're getting something normal-ish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least you get somebody who can go five or six innings and give up three to four runs. And with the way the offense has been the last few days, and hopefully that continues. And that's good enough for a guy at the back end of your rotation. And even if he is not built up 
to the point where he isn't going to be able to run with a starting job at this point. It's still better to bring him up and let him be the opener so while he can build his innings up. Oh, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes an option uh, at this point. At least he would have the arm strength and probably is ready to go since he's been throwing in Dunedin. But, uh, I mean, at that point, then you can consider piggybacking Richard with Sam Gavilio. I mean, there's so many options which they could do that uh, it's pretty endless at this point what they could be considering. And hopefully there'll be some light shot on that over the next few days. So what is in the cupboard <laughs> is the next question. So once we get by the Ryan Bruckies and everybody that are we hoping to come back and get on speedy recoveries, I'm sure a lot of people are looking at the assets at what is going down in Buffalo right now or even maybe stretching a little bit further like we did before this game down into New Hampshire New Hampshire Fisher Cats level. There's not a ton to be excited about. Especially in Buffalo. <laughs> the, o- the only one at this point who'd be even worthy considering is Jacob Wagaspak, who's looked decent. But Sean Rifoli, Sean Moramondo, Dave Paulino, they've all been pretty horrendous to this point. Yeah, and um, even the recently requ- reacquired uh, Jordan Romano had a really good outing in re- relief through three innings and then kind of got lit up in his first start-start after rejoining the team. At least with him, he was facing high-end hitters throughout the whole Texas Rangers camp, trying to figure out if he was worthy of coming to the majors with them. Maybe coming back to us gives him that last bit of incentive, man, and maybe he's got a chip on his shoulder to show him, hey, you guys gave up on me way too damn early. Yeah, maybe he would be going out there saying, you made a mistake not protecting me from the Rule 5 draft. I mean, the Rangers saw enough to be able to decided to take a flyer on him. Luckily for us, in uh, Buffalo Bison's rotation that needs some depth, uh, he's back. But, yeah, I, I, it's either Wagas Pack or Romano down in uh, down in Buffalo that I would even consider coming up. Yeah, for those uh, that aren't playing the home game and checking up on these guys in the Meyer Leagues, <laughs> uh, Jacob Waspak has uh, had only really one bad start. Two really, really, really good outings otherwise, Brendan. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's gotten 18 strikeouts and 15 in a third inning, given up 16 hits and only one home run, which would obviously be key in the Rogers Center. But, uh, yeah, that opening day start, when I saw his line, I'm like, oh, maybe this guy is actually more ready than we think to come up and have a little bit of an impact in the uh, in the big league rotation. So if they are considering bringing up somebody, it'll probably be Jacob Wagspack. Yeah, two outings that he threw five and six innings each of those starts, only allows one earned run, and then one start the Pawtucket Red Sox just jumped all over him. Four and a third and five earned runs. But yeah. in all reality, on that first start, that one you were alluding to there, he scattered just as many hits as the Pawtucket Red Sox. Sorry, Adam Corsair will yell at me if I don't say it right. <laughs> Pawtucket. <laughs> so anyway... Um, but yeah, very intriguing to the fact that he was actually able to strike out as many hitters as he has and has only walked four batters so far. And he's been just peppering the strike zone and finding, uh, finding ways to get hitters out, going in and out, up and down. Yeah, oh, it's been uh, pretty impressive from him so far. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he is at least mentioned and discussed by the front office as a guy who could come up and Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle like you did the first few turns for uh, for uh, Sean or for Trent Thornton. Don't know why I was going to say Sean Thornton, but uh, uh, yeah, Trent Thornton. So you never know. Football player Sean Thornton? <laughs> no, I think he used to be a hockey player, Sean okay. Thornton. I don't know why I even thought that, but 
Gotcha. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that I'm the Buffalo Sabres fan that wants to keep calling Brennan Drury Chris Drury. So. <laughs> yeah, the famous <laughs> So we got to talk to other guys here that are on the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, but in a weird situation that might get them a look, Brendan. There's two guys playing with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats that have had overall good, but a couple of bad starts, just like Wadgepeck. And um, Yesney Diaz and Patrick Murphy are both on the 40-man roster that they wanted to protect them, rightfully so, in my opinion, too. Yeah, I mean, Yesney Diaz and Patrick Murphy have shown why. They should be keeping him. I mean, his first start of the year, Yenzi Diaz, pitched six innings, only gave up one hit and struck out five. He got rocked in one when he was working up in the zone, which is a bit of a red flag for when you come to the majors because you got to be able to work up if you want to go through a lineup two to three times through. But uh, other than that, he's been fantastic down in New Hampshire. And same with Patrick Murphy, man. I mean, you've been high on both of these guys for quite a while, and rightfully so. They've gone out there and absolutely shoved. Yeah, Jacob, uh, as far as um, Patrick Murphy was last year's Florida State League Pitcher of the Year. And this isn't a Buffalo or a Blue Jays minor league stat. This is a Florida State League Pitcher of the Year award. That's their Cy Young award winner. And in yeah. the midst of that, he's just, uh, he was lights out. And he's been, for the most part, very efficient so far this season. And Yesney Diaz been right there with him. And a very good-looking New Hampshire Fisher Cats team so far. And that one start that you were mentioned, I had the pleasure of watching on Meyer League TV where Yesney Diaz got rocked. He was not just up in the zone, Brennan. It was wild up in the zone to the point where, you know, they see the catcher lining up high and tight and the ball goes high and away. That kind of wild up in the zone. So the book on Yesney Diaz and the pleasure I've had of watching him in person about four or five times now, if he has not got his pinpoint control that high-velocity fastball that is a heavy kind of fastball does not play well. <laughs> and if, it a play well, if it doesn't play well down there, it won't play well in the major leagues either. So he's still got some stuff to work on, which is why, yes, I think they, they would definitely be getting a look or some consideration because they are on the 40-man, but uh, I think that they would be a lot further down the totem pole. Yeah, the two of them, I think, represent that idea of what we were, we were talking about with the, the opener concept. You're hoping to get two, three innings. Let these two guys yeah. go out there, air it out, bring in Tom Pannone or Gabilio to finish up the next three or four, and then let the regular bullpen take over. I think that's where you would be hedging your bets with these two, but they have the talent to be do. really, really good starters. It just would be super raw and a big jump for them to be jumping to the majors, but... Like I said, it's a lot can happen when you just go out and just let it loose for three innings. Yeah, without a doubt. And if you have talent, that's going to play every single time through. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to end up doing because there is a lot to consider on uh, every decision. Do you go out and get Gio Gonzalez? Do you bring up Diaz or Murphy because they're on the 40 men? Or do you consider Wagas Pack or Romano because they're at least a little bit more polished? They have options all over the place where they can fill the rotation. As we said... If they want to remain somewhat what they've been doing or continue putting together nice streaks like they have, they're going to need the rotation to be just as good down that shoemaker now. Yeah, so that's where I at least think that you get the availability, <laughs> you know, the value, the best bang for your buck out of getting somebody like Waspak, Romano, Diaz, or Murphy coming up and pitching those three innings. I just think right now, obviously, the biggest thing against Waspak and Romano is the fact that neither of them 
are on the 40-man roster. Yeah, they will have to create a spot somehow. Maybe somebody gets moved to the injured list or uh, or the 60-man injured list, I guess. That would be the way to open up the 40-man spot. But, uh, yeah, that would be the one thing working against them coming up here. But they may have to. And the big catch on that whole thing is you know in the next week or so we're going to have to Vlad one of those spots. You know it, man. <laughs> it's close. It could be as soon as this Friday. So everybody's got to keep their eyes peeled on Twitter over the next few days. It damn well better be. I'm sick of waiting. <laughs> Me too. It's time. This offense is starting to click, and you're only going to add your best offensive weapon to the batting order. So maybe that would be able to allow them to continue and overcome the loss of a shoemaker. Yeah, I'm just glad it is not horrible at all this week in anywhere the International League teams are going to be playing. At least it's in the 60s. It's going to be nice-ish. <laughs> He's not going to be playing in freaking sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> so at least they're hoping that you know everything goes swimmingly here, and then we'll see him on Friday. And all is well. That's a hell of an offensive tool. That is better than any free agent that any team is picking up right now. Oh, no doubt. And you know the rest of the MLB is watching, and that will be one of the most exciting events on the entire Toronto sports calendar over the next full year is Laddie's debut. So yeah, must see TV. City, it is must see TV. If you're in the city on Friday and you are free, there's no Raptors or, or uh, Leafs. I would not be surprised if that crowd gets upwards of 35 to 40,000 for Vlad's debut. Yeah. How much of you do you think that the whole him debuting thing had to do with the playoff push for the Raptors? See, there is an added case to call him up for tomorrow because at least that would over or the Leafs and the Raptors tomorrow night would overshadow Vlad's debut, so it could be a little bit more of an easier insertion into the major leagues. But hey, man, maybe they just want to make it as much of an event as possible to sell tickets. Yeah, and I think that's probably where they're they're hedging their bet toward that, and then they're hoping that the Buffalo Bisons get a bone in the midst of this too. So yeah, exactly. Get a few more games, a few more wins under their belt, and then that's it forever. They're literally doing nothing but blow up that Twitter account for the Buffalo Bisons with Vlad, 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 Birch. <laughs> yeah, and then maybe the odd Bobochette tweet. <laughs> yeah, which is great because I love Bobochette too, but it's coming. And in all reality, I am in the school of thought that Bobochette, uh, Vlad, and Alfred need to be on this team in the very foreseeable future, especially if we end up being in the thick of this wild card push. It is silly when you have a chance, and these kids have done nothing but win in their tenure as in the Blue Jays minor league system, let them run with it. Let the kids play. Exactly. We could get something special. You never know, man. It's uh, definitely possible. If everything clicks at the right time and they're as good as uh, they're advertised, and maybe as soon as this year, it could be fun a little bit later into the season than it has been the last two years. Yeah. Final thoughts, my friend. What do you think? Wrap it up. I would not be surprised if Gio Gonzalez is brought in, especially if Sanchez has to miss a start or two. I mean, Gonzalez is ready to go. But if not, then we'll see an opener until they need to fill that fifth spot in the rotation next weekend when they are in Texas to play the Texas Rangers. But uh, as of now, there's a whole bunch of question marks that nobody knows the answers to. Yeah, and uh, so that's your that's your bet. That's, that's, you, that's you placing gonna, gonna, your your same yeah. bet that you put on for Vladdy being up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am going to go. With, yeah, I, I will say seventy percent. I'm going to go with Gio Gonzalez as the top option, and then uh, after that, my guess would be Walgis Pack or Romano. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Dallas Keuchel is on their radar at all. 
I think if Dallas Keuchel was going to be on their radar, they would have pulled the trigger in the offseason. He would have started the team, started with the team. Period. It it, it's silly. Uh, this whole thing with yeah. Him. No, so, without a doubt, man. I agree with you there. My final thought: I first off, I agree with you 110 percent that Gio Gonzalez better be being explored. It's silly to not think that he couldn't plug in, and he is the exact character level that the Blue Jays have been just talking up that they want on their team. What did I hear the other day that he bought some ridiculous stuff for all the guys in the Trenton Thunder locker room or something like that? I can't remember if it was some kind of like watches or something like that, but it was something I was like, oh, sh-, <laughs> you know, I was really, <laughs> really shocked. I was like, okay, well, that's Gio Gonzalez. But I'm going to go with my next bet. I think Yasni Diaz might be the quote unquote opener. And that would generate some conversation. I this is the same kind of what wager I made a few years ago with a couple of Jays from the couch fellas when they were still Jays journals <laughs> that when Marcus Stroman went down that Roberto Osuna would be one of the big pitchers to step up in 2015 and Maybe I was the... 100% right there my friend <laughs> yeah if, if you are 100% right again then that's nothing but good <laughs> you're hoping I hope too, because in all reality, I think Yasni Diaz, from what I have seen of him, has the talent to carry the Blue Jays for two or three innings here and there. So, anyways, anything going on, my friend, or you just want to lead us into Wednesday wallop fun? Yeah, we'll get back on track. Yeah, every, we get a double dip this week with two episodes. But yeah, Wednesday we'll we'll definitely be discussing going way more in depth on the six and one road trip and cover the return of Kevin Pillar and hopefully by the time we record on Wednesday night that we'll have a little bit more clarity on Vlad's debut so I think that's what everybody should look forward to for uh, that Wednesday wallop on Thursday morning when they get to listen to it yeah the Blue Jays better give us that kind of notice if they are going to call him up on Friday because if they want to sell tickets they're going to want at least a 24-hour window <laughs> if, if, if they if you see on Twitter that they're holding a press conference on Thursday or Friday morning you know what the reason is Bingo. There's no other reason. No Dallas Keuchel signing. I'm sorry for everybody that's been re- reeking the uh, rewards of hoping that he, the Blue Jays take this opportunity to uh, get that, but it ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen at all. <laughs> so, All right, Brendan, it's been a pleasure on our little quick hit deal here on Blue Jays injuries and whatnot. Uh, we will have an all-new Wednesday wallop for you recorded after the games on Wednesday so you can get all your wonderful you know, wrap-up fun here with us. And other than that, Vlad Watch continues, and we will be back. So don't forget to hit us up for subscriptions on iTunes, Google Play, so on and so forth, on jbirdwatching.com, on Twitter at jbirdwatchinggc, and everywhere on social media for that same address. And Brendan, cheers. Cheers, buddy. Go Blue Jays. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.